It's been a particularly dramatic day in Israel, beginning with the release of a video by Hamas of three female hostages. One of the hostages spoke of the very difficult conditions in which they were being held and implored the government to do whatever possible and necessary to have them released. Israeli television did not broadcast the videos, which was responsible and compassionate. And no, it was not as the result of a military censor's order. Midday, as I watched Israeli television, anticipating a press conference to be held by the families of the hostages, the broadcast was interrupted with extraordinary news. A young soldier, Ori Megidish, who had been taken hostage by Hamas, had been freed in a rescue operation by the IDF. It was incredible watching Ayala Hassan, the Channel 11 anchor, as she received the news. She asked live on air, who is telling you this? To the person speaking in her ear, what is the source? And when she repeated, Tzahal, the army, her joy was palpable. The entire studio was buzzing. What? Can, can it be true? It was and is true. In a nighttime operation, the IDF with special forces freed Ori, who was reportedly being held prisoner alone. We spoke a few hours ago with IDF spokesman Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Conricos. I'm Vivian Berkovich, former Canadian ambassador to Israel and currently resident in the state of Tel Aviv. That is when I'm not in Toronto. Stay with us. Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Conricos, Monday, October 30th. It's midnight where you are. Yep. How are you today? For a short period of, for a few moments, I was relieved and happy with uh, seeing pictures of uh, Private Ori Megidish back in the loving hands of her family and the spontaneous joy of her extended family outside, the prayers, uh, the singing, the dancing, and I'm uh, very happy for that family. And just for a very brief moment, some uh, respite from the horrors of the war, uh, from looking at pictures of uh, hostages and listening to stories of uh, of uh, families that are uh, bereaved families, um, and from, of course, communicating what's going on in the battlefield, uh, which is uh, quite difficult as well. So a short glimpse of something positive in a sea of us fighting lots of darkness. And we mustn't and won't and can't, of course, lose sight of that. But it was a delicious glimmer of brightness. And I have to say, I started the day, as did you, watching the video released by Hamas of three Israeli hostages being held. And that was hard to watch. And then I've also spent the day watching the press conference with the families of the hostages and various newscasts. And it was beyond exhilarating when the breaking news came on to announce that a soldier, Ori, had been rescued the night before and was with her family and well. It was a euphoric and happy moment. But the rest of it is very, very difficult. I'm aware that the television stations in Israel chose not to broadcast the Hamas video. Is that something that is unprecedented or is that regular? Is that typical in these situations? 
I think it is with, with things are developing. We understand that we are in uncharted territory as a nation, security establishment, but really as a nation. And I think that people understand that if we want to have a better chance of getting the people home mm. and uh, obtaining the objectives of the war, then we mustn't play along the old uh, guidelines or the old rules that were uh, relevant up until October the 7th, because the situation is so much different. And Hamas, you know, they've taken basically a chapter out of the Hezbollah book or some other Iranian book and things that they themselves have done in the, in the past. So they have experience with it. And we understand that what they are doing now is a planned and uh, very meticulous campaign where the psychological warfare component is very strong. Uh, they are trying to leverage the issue of the hostages in order to mitigate their challenges on the battlefield, in order to uh, get goods into Gaza that will help them continue their operations. And they're basically waging a psychological war against uh, decision makers and using the Israeli population and, of course, these poor families who are whose loved ones are held by Hamas in Gaza, uh, they're using them in this part. So I think what we're seeing now is active decisions being made by more responsible people in the media who are saying, okay, sure, this is click-worthy and uh, this will bring uh, ratings and maybe revenue, but we're not going to be part of it. Uh, I suppose that is the... Uh, motivation behind of it. If it is, I think that is commendable. Um, of course, one could be cynical and say that anybody who has an interest in seeing it can just watch it on Telegram or on Twitter or anywhere else. So the information is out there. But I think it is different if it's broadcast on, on main TV, on the news, etc. Bottom line here is that we understand this is going to be a long protracted challenge for the state of Israel. Uh, it will be extremely taxing for the families uh, because Hamas will make it uh, as uh, excruciating as possible. And as uh, the, our spokesperson said, Rear Admiral Hagari, that we have to have really ironclad resolve and focus. The focus is on getting the people back and not playing along the lines of uh, Hamas and not falling into the emotional or psychological traps that they will try to place in front of us. I have to say, I did watch the video and the only thing I'll say about it, aside from that there were three women, is that they were very critical of the government and the fact that the government has made certain decisions or has not taken certain decisions. And as a layperson not an expert in psychological warfare, it struck me as being very unsophisticated. And I'm wondering how it's being received, what your sense is with respect to how it's being received, not just within the IDF, but the IDF is the people's army. So you're very connected to the nerve center of Israel. Yeah. Are people being moved by this, aside from the obvious fact that they're hostages and it's horrible and heartbreaking, but is it moving them in a substantive way? What's your sense? Yeah, we spoke about the last time in yeah. the previous episode, we spoke about the very low-level, crude uh, attempts at humanitarian gestures 
the shake right. of the hand, the, the coffee or water or the beverage that was served and the gentleman-like behavior with, when they helped, when the Hamas terrorists escorted uh, the two Israeli women, elderly women out of, out of the vehicle. That's right. all staged. And I, I don't think that, uh, I, I think that maybe extremely few gullible people in Israel would lend that any credence. Right. Uh, and most people see through it. And there was public discourse in Israel here about uh, the press uh, statements given by uh, Mrs. Lifshitz. And there was talk about it. Why was it done and why wasn't it managed? Lieutenant Colonel Konrikos is referring to 85-year-old Yochevet Lifshitz, who was released by Hamas on Tuesday, October 24th, along with 79-year-old Norit Yitzchak. Both their husbands are also hostages and remain in Hamas captivity. Mrs. Lifshitz spoke to the media at the hospital where she was being cared for and described the very difficult hardship of her time in captivity. I lived in a spider web, she said, and detailed the warren of underground tunnels and cavernous rooms where she was held, and it is assumed that all hostages are being held. Based on her telling, there are groups of hostages, but given that she has not seen her husband since October 7th, consideration that family members remain together appears not to be of concern to Hamas terrorists. Lieutenant Colonel Conricos refers in his comments to the remarks made by Mrs. Lifshitz after her release. But then at the end of the day, many people in Israel responded and, and said, okay, we can totally understand why she said the things that she said, because her husband is still held by Hamas. And it, it's clear that even though she is home and free, she is under tremendous duress uh, because of her loved ones, her, her friends, but most importantly, her uh, her husband. So right. it's very clear what they're doing. And I think obvious the attempt to focus on the prime minister and the elected officials, etc. I, I think that obviously families, when they see these kinds of videos, it is extremely moving and, and challenging and emotional. Everything is. I cannot imagine how difficult it is for them. But let's say on a professional cold level, I think very mm. basic attempts at uh, very obvious attempts at uh, what they're doing. Right. What what we have to focus on and and what we're doing is it's it's various efforts. It's to uh, communicate with the families and share information that is done not directly by the IDF but by a, a special task force that has been uh, erected by getting as much as possible information, uh, collecting it from all sources, open source intelligence of various types from the day of mm. the event and after and of course lots of other clandestine sources of, of intelligence things are now happening on the ground we're operating That's what I on yeah. the ground I wanted to jump to that which I know you want to speak about and I'm sure people want to hear about because the ground operations have really gotten underway what can you tell us about what we've all been told will be a very long and difficult battle yeah, so what we're doing now is we're expanding the operations that started basically on Friday. Uh, we made incursions by uh, brigade combat teams, and we've mm. expanded that. And our forces are now operating in the northern Gaza area. Uh, we're using all of the, let's say, the collective or the cumulative effects of Israeli firepower on the terrorists. 
creating friction on the ground by ground forces moving, infantry, armor, uh, combat engineers, uh, logistics, etc. Moving, seeking out the enemy whenever they expose themselves. We either strike them from the ground or using other assets, air force, navy, uh, and we're focusing a lot of uh, intelligence on doing it. We understand that this, and so far we've we, it's been uh, quite successful with lots of terrorists that have been uh, eliminated by the ground forces in this joint type of combat. That's good. Mm. We don't uh, think that it will be that all of it, uh, all of the fighting will be like this. We understand that we're going into a very complex combat area where there's the underground dimension, there are tunnels, and that the enemy has prepared the battlefield um, that they do did anticipate for us to um, operate inside Gaza. And what we're doing is trying to make it as difficult as possible for them to understand what it is that we're doing, where we are, how many troops are in each location. Um, and we are uh, now taking the battle to them. Uh, and part of the ability to uh, successfully rescue uh, private Megiddish is also related to the fact that we are operating in those environments. Well, I hope that I wake up uh, in the coming days to more of those great stories and many people in Israel and around the world do, but I expect it's going to be a bit of a roller coaster. Yes. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Conricos, thank you so much for your time as always. And I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thank you, Vivian. A pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the State of Tel Aviv and Beyond podcast. We'll keep the dispatches coming as frequently as we can. If you like what you're hearing, please take a moment, rate us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. You can check out our full library of articles and podcasts at our website, stateoftelaviv.com. State of Tel Aviv is an independent media venture, and we rely on subscribers to support our work. If you are not yet a paying subscriber, please consider taking the plunge today. Each person really does make a huge difference, especially in these very challenging times in Israel. It is important that you stay informed and current and seek out a range of perspectives. This is a pivotal moment in Israeli history. It is not a time to be passive and disengaged. Thanks for sticking with me to the end. I'm Vivian Berkovich, signing off from deep inside the state of Tel Aviv.